battery cables. It was about 2.30 p.m. and I had just finished a speaking assignment for the Tar Heel Safety Chapter in lovely Charlotte, North Carolina. They're a lively group of safety professionals who asked me to come and speak about behavior change, which I did. While there, I learned a lot about some changes coming down the pipeline from OSHA from my new BFF Bob with OSHA. A little more on that later. After the meeting was over, I packed up my computer and projector and put them in the trunk of my car, sliding into the front seat. As I've done a million times before, I put the key in the switch and turned it to the right, convinced in my mind I was about to hear that good old V8 rumble to life, one of my top ten favorite picks in life. Thanks, Aubrey, for that helpful acronym. I love pick. However, while I had the A and B parts down perfectly for this task, antecedent and behavior, good old Mr. C, the consequence, showed up in a totally unexpected form. Nothing happened. Dang, I said, dead battery. Now even a shade tree mechanic like me can figure that one out. Next, I did a root cause analysis in my brain to determine why and how this had happened. Oh yeah, I remember now. I spent an hour in my car before giving my speech and plugged my notebook into my cigarette lighter to juice it up so I could finish a live webinar I had promised to do with another company from the parking lot outside the Tar Heel meeting. Technology is so cool. I had my own little Wi-Fi bubble right there in the parking lot. I was feeling like Mr. Incredible Techno Guy. Who'd have thought my notebook could suck that much juice out of a car battery that fast? Guess what? It can. It did. I morphed quickly from Mr. Incredible Techno Guy to the pathetic curly man. My first call was to the roadside assistance number to see how fast they could get someone to jumpstart my car. And then a little voice in my head said, Bill, remember you put battery cables in the trunk for emergencies like this one. Bam, here they are in that orange case. Now all I need is a kind, helpful person with a good battery to help me boost my engine. I looked two spaces over. And I saw a guy pulling out of his parking space and two ladies chatting by their car as well. By the looks of things, he was a repairman just finishing his lunch break. I summoned up my courage and walked over to him. I had to act now or never. Excuse me, sir, I said. I've got a dead battery. Would you mind giving me a boost? I got my battery cables right here. I showed him the orange cables. The look on his face went from apprehension to a half smile as he rolled down his window and we shook hands. Then this kind knight pulled his truck up to my car and we connected up the cables using the appropriate safety technique I had learned at the ripe old age of 17 from Mr. Jones, a teacher who also described to me what it was like to have a car battery explode on you. That mental image stuck with me, a very good antecedent. In short order, my V8 sprang back to life, its deep-throaty growl as good as ever. Not bad for a ride that's been running against the wind for over 94,368 miles. Hey, come to think of it, I've been doing the same thing. Oh well, as Han Solo told Luke, it ain't the years, kid, it's the miles. I felt grateful to the repair guy. I wanted to do something, to give something back to him. And that's where I went wrong. 
I shook the man's hand and I gave him five dollars cash. It was my last five bucks. It was all I could think of at the time, and I was so grateful to him that I figured it was better than nothing. The smile that had appeared on his face after helping me became ever so slightly muted, an imperceptible change that no one saw but me. No, 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 I don't need any money, he said. I realized immediately I'd made a mistake in offering him the money. I hadn't thought through the impact of this reinforcer on this particular individual. But this whole sequence, just like so many fleeting interactions we have with other human beings, it went down in under 38 seconds, so maybe it was easy to make a mistake. I'd made one nonetheless. I was in trouble, but I didn't want to totally blow the moment. And then I remembered my dad and the power of the pen. As a little guy, my dad would sometimes surprise me and take me out of elementary school to go with him to see clients. These were fun trips where I, I learned many things about sales methods and techniques. I, I watched my dad in awe as he spoke with CEOs and business leaders, helping them develop recognition solutions. For a second, I flashed back to being on the old Delta plane with my dad on one of those trips. I recall with fondness the stewardesses and pilots who, back in the day, dressed up and looked so professional. I could see the stewardess smiling at me and handing me my own plastic captain's wings lapel badge, which I proudly pinned to my suit jacket. Weren't the 70s cool? I miss them. I remember my dad smiling back at her and thanking her for showing kindness to his son. Then my dad reached into his bag and pulled out a Parker pen in a nice gift box and scribed with the words, Thanks for making a difference. He told the stewardess how much he appreciated her kindness to me and that this gift was for her because she had made a difference to him. She beamed and took the pen to show all the other flight attendants. She even moved me and Dad up to first class. Wow! I decided right then and there I had to figure out what was behind Dad and the power of the pen. Okay, the memory came and went in a split second. And there was this guy, with that smile slowly fading after my goof with the $5 bill. I smiled back at him and I said, Hey, wait a second. And then I began hurriedly digging through my bag to see if I had any green bean pens left from my presentation. Many of you know that I love green beans, and I give away pens shaped like that vegetable at my sessions. There it was, one last green bean pen left in the bottom of my bag. I handed it to the man and again thanked him for his kindness, seeing his smile brighten back up. He even asked me what kind of work I do, so I explained that we're behavior change consultants. We parted as friends, and I had a good feeling in my heart. I called the roadside assistance guy to tell him there was no need to come. As I drove down I-77 south of Charlotte, I began to analyze what had just happened, and as near as I can figure it, here it is. I asked the repair guy to help me, which he did. I felt obligated for my heart to thank him and to accompany it with a gift of some sort. In the two seconds I took to choose a gift, I chose the only one I had at the time, which was money. He rejected it and was a bit offended that I offered it. He warmly accepted the small green bean pen, which was novel, different, and a souvenir of that moment. When I presented both the cash award and the pen, I expressed heartfelt appreciation, 
but he didn't want the cash while he was cool with the pen. Hmm, what do we learn here? A lot, I think. Here are a few takeaways. On the surface, it would appear that the man simply preferred a little plastic pen to $5. The easy conclusion would be that logo gifts are a better award than cash. Now, many consultants, managers, and committee members make this mistake day in and day out. They purchase more and more logoed stuff as handout items for employees. These include caps, keychains, mugs with a logo doled out to employees in honor of all sorts of things. Many companies have a whole warehouse full of these items. Some even have a catalog full. While logo gifts can occasionally have real impact on our behavior, remember Dad and the power of the pen, research by the Incentive Federation shows that Logoed items are the least effective reward behavior change tool we know of. See my last blog, I'm Confused, for a little more on that. The most effective reinforcers from our research and that of others are social reinforcers. For instance, my smile, the handshake, and thanking the man. And according to a survey we conducted of attendees of Behavioral Safety Now, giving a person a gift such as an iPod or an, another award that they truly want and need are also effective. Cash and gift cards are also judged more effective than logo gifts as reinforcers. Yet, several speakers at BSN passionately argued for the use of logo or symbolic gifts. One prominent behavioral consultant, who will remain nameless, told me, if a person doesn't want a baseball cap, it's because he doesn't want that logo. You need to put a different logo on it and he will want it. Huh? What if he already has 18 ball caps in his closet and he doesn't need another one? While logo gifts have their place, sadly, it is impossible to choose a logo gift that everyone will find reinforcing and useful. Now, why did the repair guy refuse my $5 bill but accept the pen? Our behavior is continually being reinforced by consequences that are either external or extrinsic, or internal. These are also called sometimes intrinsic or self-reinforcing. There's a lot of controversy in the world of psychology between the cognitive psychologist and the behaviorist. Some have even tried to fuse the two schools of thought together, which is a noble task, but for many people this effort can make the water even muddier as you try to mesh together two very complex models. See my blog, The Great Debate, for more on this. In a nutshell, the cognitive guys believe that intrinsic or self-motivation is the most powerful human motivator, while behaviorists focus on delivering extrinsic or external reinforcers, usually social and tangible, to increase behavior and drive performance. Curiously enough, B.F. Skinner, the behaviorist legend, once said, Human thoughts are simply behaviors we haven't learned to measure yet. I kind of like that idea. In my BSN keynote speech in Jacksonville, Florida, I offered the audience a challenge. Which type of reinforcer is most effective, internal or external? And I believe the answer is, drumroll please, both. I believe that the repair guy, at the moment he helped me, was being reinforced from his heart or self-reinforced for his good deed. 
He cared about my plight and was feeling the power of the statement, it is better to give than to receive. In this mode of behavior, we humans are at our best. We are the firefighter rushing into the Twin Towers on 9-11, or the soldier who covers the grenade with his body to save his comrades. A wise man once said, Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. So, when my repair guy was operating in this mode of high self-reinforcement, my giving him $5 made him feel cheap, as if he was a hired servant. Thus, it was a punisher, not a positive reinforcer. It offended him and reduced our relationship to a mere transaction, something external. The pen, however, was a gift, and it became a symbol of our friendship and probably continues to reinforce my repair guide to this day positively every time he uses it. It has trophy value, unlike cash and gift cards, so that when people ask him where he got such a unique pen, he can relate his story about the incredible shrinking techno guy with a dead battery in the parking lot. Better look for his blog on that. I'm sure it'll be happening soon. The pen was readily accepted and didn't conflict with his own internal reinforcement. But likely, it will be used a long time and serve as a reminder of my appreciation for his help. But the game changes somewhat when people come to work for us and we pay them a salary for what they do. Had the roadside assistance guy showed up before my repair guy, if he jumped off my car and I tipped him five bucks, he'd have been cool with it. Why? because it was a little extra compensation for services rendered. The pen might have offended him, but I doubt the cash would have. Had I given nothing to the roadside assistance guy, no pen, no money, he'd have probably muttered cheap jerk under his breath. Verbal praise here would have fallen on the roadside assistance man's deaf ears because it would have seemed insincere and cheap. Social reinforcers work well if and only if they are sincere, specific, and not seen as manipulative. That's why training on how to give feedback and verbal reinforcement is very important. But in the relationship between employer-employee, sadly, many companies are making the same $5 mistake I made with my repair guy. Busy managers don't have time to find out what gift would be truly reinforcing for each one of their people. In the 80s, a supervisor had 10 people reporting to him. In today's downsized world, he might easily have to oversee 100. How's that poor supervisor or steering committee going to know what reinforcers work for their people? Answer, they don't and they can't. Even though it would be great, realistically, there isn't enough time to know. So what do companies do? They succumb to the power of the dark side, the easy way out. <laughs> they give people money or cash substitutes like gift cards. Granted, rewarding your people with gift cards and money has advantages. It's easy. People can choose more things to get with their gift card or money. The cave people, those citizens against virtually everything, stop whining at least until they get their pay stub and see how much income tax was deducted. You call this a gift, boss? But rewarding with gift cards and money has these important disadvantages. Sometimes 
it conflicts with the internal motivation or self-reinforcement we want people to develop, as it did with my repair guy. People become entitled to the cash. They expect it, and their behavior is driven totally by the money and not by self-reinforcement. You could lose well over 50% of your cash gift card budget to income taxes and other hidden costs of gift cards. And dozens of studies show that non-cash reinforcer gifts have three to six times the impact of cash on behavior. I've seen many companies fall into the trap of confusing compensation with recognition. They ultimately fail to get people to a higher level of behavior since they rely solely on carrot-and-stick approaches. So what's the right rock to use to hit the mark with employees and ensure we're delivering positive reinforcement? Number one, reinforcement and recognition must be linked to the behavior within seconds, not days or weeks. Two, recognition should be specific and include both tangible and social reinforcement techniques. Don't succumb to the dark side and reduce everything to a transaction due to a lack of time or tools. Third, when it comes to the gift, make it a gift and make it fun, not an obligatory transaction. Make the act of giving the gift memorable. Provide each person a wide array of options to choose from so they can find something that's personally reinforcing to them. Use cash and cash substitutes as a last resort or filter the choices so people won't just pay off their bills or buy a tank of gas with their award. And fourth, make the award unexpected and a surprise. People love to have fun. Fifth, track everything down to each behavior reinforced when, why, and by whom. Sixth, analyze, analyze, analyze your data to move the process to the next level. Our new Genesis platform has been developed with these fundamentals in mind, and it provides busy managers with comprehensive tools to pinpoint and reinforce critical behaviors and results that drive bottom-line business improvements. The proof in the pudding is a recent report from Horizon, one of our clients who've reported injury reductions of over 60% in a few months of operation using both SmartCard and Genesis. Well. That about wraps up this blog. Oh, wait a minute. I forgot to tell you about Bob, my BFF with OSHA. Bob says OSHA has an SEP, that's the code name for Special Emphasis Program, which means they're looking hard at incentive systems that reward lagging indicators and which drive injury hiding. So if you're using a system that rewards people for working days, weeks, months without reporting injuries, now would be a good time to rethink your strategy. You can read more about OSHA's next move at www.billsims.com forward slash oshanext.htm. Would you like to know more? Give us a call in the USA at 803-600-8325 or email us at bill.sims at billsims.net, or you can visit our website, www.billsims.com. Did you find this article interesting? If you did, how about do me a favor? Share it with a couple friends and ask them to do the same. To learn more, watch my free webinar at 
greenbeansandicecream.com. Thanks.